It's not normal to live in lack and fear and scarcity. It's not normal to shove your feelings down. It's not normal to compare yourself to everyone around you. It's common because it has to do with these emotions that are stuck inside your body in your cells. There is not a woman that naturally feels her feelings the way they need to be felt. Here's a belief I have and I would love to hear your thoughts. Fully allow the cycle and the flow of all of that emotion that you're feeling that you've been holding around the ship with her. What's the difference between having a 3D consciousness and a 5D consciousness? Since the scientific truth is that we're spiritual energetic beings having a human experience, the definition of woo-woo is that it is not founded on anything real. Addicted to stress and anxiety. How can they start to regulate their nervous system? Do you hold your breath for so long, so frequently, and that keeps you dysregulated? You simply go, wait a second, I am going to tap into my power. Let me make a new choice and let me breathe. I'm not going to fight against the truth that everything happens for the highest good, even in the moments when it feels like straight shit. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy Litt. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to hang out with you. Before we get started, would you mind sharing a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, so um, I am a mother of three young women. Uh, I'm the founder of The Lit Factor and the founder of The School of Becoming. And we take women leaders and entrepreneurs into the next level of their identity. So we do all of the internal work of healing and trauma release from the body and getting back into the body and rewiring your mind and shifting your relationship with fear and understanding frequency and energy in a way that makes so much sense that you actually treat yourself like the energy that you are. And from that space, everything opens up. Beautiful. Um, there's a lot in there that I want to unpack. Great. Um, before we dive into more of that, I want to start out kind of by getting to know who Tracy is. Um, I know you have a amazing story of your own. And so correct me if I get something wrong here, but your mother was born of Holocaust survivors. She was later diagnosed with cancer and she was given six months to live to which she astonished doctors and she thrived on for years um, and until you were 24 years young. And I'll let you kind of tell it from there, but I just thought this was such an amazing story. I would love to hear it from you. Yes, thank you. Um, my mother was a force of nature in this world. Uh, and so I'm, I'm trying to think where to go with this story. Um, when she got diagnosed, and then chose to not believe the length of time and the diagnosis from the doctors, she started to dig into her own healing and her own spirituality and her own personal growth. And that's what really truly gave her three and a half years where the doctor said six months. She started to uncover and recognize, and this is like, 1998, right? So this is before it was cool to do this work, which is what makes this such a profound thing to extract. And I really appreciate you going into this specific part of all of the things I've experienced. Um, so she started diving in to understand 
I'm a healthy woman. I don't smoke. I don't drink. Like, what is this cancer from? And started to draw the correlations of the emotional repression and suppression that she had, not only of herself from her whole upbringing and being raised by my grandfather, who was a Holocaust survivor, which came with his own rage and his own appropriate uh, reactions to his lived experience, right? It was then what was uh, in her like DNA, what was then passed down to her uh, as a result of being born from him uh, and in her recognizing that she started to work with it. So she ended up becoming a women's empowerment leader and a spiritual counselor and going down this beautiful journey that gave her more life and actually allowed her to start to be um, a leader in the space where she was writing articles and showing up uh, and speaking. And that was integral to who I have become. Right. And not because not for any other reason, then it seeped into me and I started to understand things and I started to see the world at a higher conscious level than most 20 year olds or 23 year olds. And when she passed at 24, then it was like, OK, the, but in my opinion, the the most important thing about death is that we honor it as the living. Mm-hmm. So how do I really, really honor who she was and how do we take her experience and continue to gift it to the world Mm. i'll pause there um yeah wow okay so i'm assuming you probably got curious because it sounds like your mother had this um spiritual belief behind her already like she had that foundation that you were probably exposed to and I'm guessing that was kind of the catalyst into what you do today. Well, interestingly, this is so good. Not really, um, because I was a punky 20 year old. I didn't want, I didn't want to know from the people in white robes and crystals in my backyard. I didn't want to talk to the neurologist that was sitting at my dining room table. I didn't I thought it was all bullshit because as in your 20s, you're not like, oh, yeah, let me you know, um, and that's why I was referencing, like it was seeping in. It wasn't something I was choosing. It was like, oh, what happened was her experience put it into my consciousness. Mm. Whether or not I was accepting it was a bit different. And then I had to learn the hard way. And I ended up being a single mother with an eight month old daughter at the age of 28 and ended up in a sociopathic relationship because I wasn't honoring my worth. And these things were happening that were, you know, knocks from the universe, like dark moments and awakenings, like, hello, are you going to wake up? And I did. And then uh, when I, when I finally did wake up, and I was at that point of vice president of human resources, that's when uh, I could connect to myself enough. And I could start to hear the gnawing and the rumblings in my soul, right? Like this isn't enough you are made for something bigger you're tapped to do something in this world uh and you need to be utilized in a different way and i was paralyzed by the fear of that for two years and stayed in that corporate job until i finally took the leap and once i did leap then enrolled in coaching school and and hypnotherapy and neurology and all the things i've done uh 
And that's been wildfire ever since because I finally listened and I made the move. I had to move for then greater intelligence to meet me where I was. I want to back up for one moment. You mentioned your grandfather's emotions that he had um, suppressed and then your mother inherited. So was your mother able to release those before her death or was that something that you also, it was also passed on to you and then you needed to work through that in order to move forward? Yes. Um, some of it she processed, not all of it. Had it be, had, had we, had she gotten cancer in 2015, this would be a whole different conversation, right? But in 19, she was diagnosed in 97, she died in 2001. It was not the world we're in now of spirituality and consciousness and healing and, and, you know, all of these different, uh, Eastern modalities and opportunities that was only like in, in like small pods, you could find it and it was weird and woo and all of these things. So, you know, she processed what she was able to process. Um, and one of the gifts in, in terms of the work that I do, I'm an emotional healer by my gifts in the world, mm -hmm. like by what I have been told by my shamans and intuitive readers and everything like that is really who you are. And my clients joke around, like, don't wear mascara to a coaching call with Tracy because emotion is what, what we live for. Right. So emotional expression is a massive component of what we do, getting women back into their bodies so that they can actually feel safe feeling the full spectrum and getting clean and clear in their nervous systems so they can release anything that they've been suppressing because there is not a woman that naturally feels her feelings the way they need to be felt. And if we're not feeling the feelings that we deem as painful or bad, then we're not feeling the great ones either. And we're not fully self-expressed. And one of my roles in this world is to ensure that I help millions of women become fully self-expressed. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that we are taught to suppress and to numb our emotions? Um, well, originally it was a drip process thing, right? It's just the paradigm of, of the way it was. And that's, you know, we are who we are because of where we came from and who raised us. So mm -hmm. we, no one had, um, a modeling of a mother, a grandmother, a great grandmother, right? Or a very small percentage that just willingly felt her feelings, right? That just willingly cried her eyes out, that just willingly allowed the vulnerability. Um, so it becomes this learned behavior. And it's not something that we've ever been, that we perceive as safe to do, right? So that's, things like that occur, that natural drip I just talked about, Mm -hmm. And then what happens is we call it normal because it's common, but it's right. not, it's not normal. None of the way we are in the control matrix, none of the way that we are in this third dimension of limitation is normal. It's not normal to live in lack and fear and scarcity. It's not normal to have imposter syndrome and use it as a crutch. It's not normal to shove your feelings down. It's not normal to compare yourself to everyone around you. It's common because we're all limited until we recognize we're unlimited. 
And then we turn around and we call it normal. So then it continues to get churned through our society and then it's normalized. And then everyone's like, well, that's just the way it is. And then we perpetuate more of it. And that drives me nuts, which is why I'm here owning this position as a change maker for mm -hmm. all of us. You said that we don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. So why, why is it that women don't feel safe to feel their emotions and how can we begin to? Mm, okay. So, um, specifically for women, because we were muted, suppressed, oppressed, nothing about being a woman was safe period. And that, and this is not even at the level of the nervous system, which I'll talk about in a minute. Right. But really like the world, the fact that we are liberated is not even like fully a hundred years old yet. I mean, you think, right? Like, let's just be there. Cause it's like, what? We forget that. We're like, no, feminism and feminine women. No. So of course, like we're just getting to that point. I can feel it, right? You're feeling me and I can feel your emotion. It's beautiful. It's like, holy shit. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if we were, you know, burned at the stake for our, for our wisdom and our wildness and our emotion and our intuition. Now we're going to all of a sudden just click our fingers and be, uh, uh you know, women everywhere are just going to like express. And it, it's literally programmed into us that way, mm -hmm. which is why it feels so hard, which then brings in the conversation about the essentialism of, uh, the work we get to do with our nervous systems, because it is our nervous system that has been told mm -mm -mm. it is not safe to express it is not safe to uh, be who you are it is not safe to feel your feelings and when i say feel your feelings i want everyone to broaden their um mental picture of what that is it's not just the feelings you judge as bad like crying which isn't bad but people judge it as bad or rage which isn't bad but people judge it it's not just that if you're not a woman who fully expresses and feels her feelings until they're done being felt, then you are suppressing all of the other emotions as well, like praise and pride and bliss and radiance and hey queen, I killed it. Look at this beautiful success or look at this win. And this is the conversation I want to have the most because no one's talking about it this way. I'm not just asking you to decongest the resentment and the anger and the insecurity and the sadness, which is all stunningly gorgeous. I'm also telling you that if you don't feel that you are going to prohibit yourself from feeling the elevated emotions that you're so desperately wanting to feel because you want to be high vibe so badly, but you're not actually high vibe if you're congested. Mm. I don't care how many retreats you go to or what you invest in. If you are emotionally congested, you are actively prohibiting your ability for your electromagnetic field to be pure and resonant. Here's a belief I have, and I would love to hear your thoughts that because of these trapped emotions, whether they're suppressed, repressed, they are actually the cause of everything, even physical. Yes. Yeah. Even if you break a bone it or you have a sty in your eye, whatever it is, it actually has to do with these emotions that are stuck inside your body in your cells. A thousand percent. Um, you know, 
emotion, and this is like, there's so much great works of like, I'm gonna call them old school pioneers, right? On all of this stuff, like the, in the twenties, there was literature in the forties, there was literature about all of this. And then what happened to it? You know, didn't serve the collective consciousness at, at the level that it was at. So it gets discredited, right? It gets called weird or, you know, crystals and wood, like all of this stuff, which I'm adamantly against because it is such a disservice to our collective energy and consciousness at large. And a hundred percent when we can become a population that experiences something physical, right? Um, I'll give you an example. I was on the phone with a friend yesterday and her back was really, and, and she's a yoga teacher, like she's there. So I'm able to go there with her like this, right? Mm-hmm. Her back has been hurting her for a couple weeks. And she was like, I'm just, you know, I, I did my acupuncture. Like she was going through the things that we think. And I paused and I said, cause I know her very well. She was having a lot of, um, there's a lot going on with her mother right now. Like a lot, a lot of stuff. And I said to her, I said, you know, it's interesting, uh, that you're going through what you're going through with your mother right now. And that is historically where your mother's physical pain always manifested because mm-hmm. her mother always had a back pain and she's going through this stuff with her mother and she was like, oh my God. And I was like, so how possible is it that it's time for you to actually feel, feel, not know I feel a certain way. We don't feel cognitively, right? Awareness of feeling is not feeling. <laughs> yeah. How possible is it that you're being called to like fully allow the cycle and the flow of all of that emotion that you're feeling that you've been holding around the shit with her mm-hmm. so that it can alleviate? And she was like, oh, okay. And it started to, her back in that, like started to just slightly loosen its grasp. So now she's moving through those emotions, but that's supportive what you're saying. That's what's real. And it's the whole point of the new world. And I'm not, I'm not saying, listen, I, I appreciate so many things in the Western world and, 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 um, doctors and, and the medical field, like it all has its place and it's wildly incomplete. And we're way too highly dependent on finding an external solution for anything. We need to start functioning in tandem. And how beautiful would it be for any of us to experience a sty or a shoulder pain? Mm-hmm. And instead of rushing to the ibuprofen, just take a second to get into your body and ask that part of yourself, like, yo, what's going on here? Right. Right? Get That's out of your- We're going there. <laughs> out of your head into your body yeah yeah Um, yeah you mentioned the side of spirituality that really irks me too which does paint a picture of like this like hippie fairies uh foraging and living off the earth and woo woo and all those things and I feel like when you think of spirituality, you don't also think of the successful business owners or entrepreneurs that are living in penthouses or traveling like it's that they you don't think of those people as spiritual. But if you had a conversation with different people, you'd see that they're probably more spiritual than the people that you see walking down the street with dreadlocks and dripping in crystals. So I love that you talk about this and that you're kind of breaking down that misconception and also, you talk about bridging science with spirituality. Can you talk about more on that, like how you're doing that? 
Thank you. Yes. And that this is one of the reasons why I, I'm on the please everyone in the world stop saying woo-woo campaign uh, because it's not woo-woo. The definition of woo-woo is that it is not founded on anything real. It, it's just an abstract, random construct or you know belief that is not based in anything scientific or provable. Mm. And that's a complete lie. Spirituality is science. And when we allow woo-woo, what it does is it keeps people skeptical. Like woo-woo is just a function of I'm skeptical, I'm afraid, I'm not sure I can tap into this. Everything is love, everything is self-protection. None of this is, none of this is uh, like aggressive. Hmm. And to recognize, well, when I label it as woo-woo, I keep it away from me. And I allow my skepticism to continue, which is a form of self-protection. And then I continue myself, I continue to live in my humanness because then I continue to push matter against matter and feel like I'm separate from everything. And that affirms what I perceive my identity to be in the reality that I'm living in. And if I were to release the woo-woo label and open myself up to the truth of what I am derived from, which I will explain in a minute, oh my God, then what does that mean? And now I have to trust, now I have to let go, and now I have to feel things, and now I have to surrender. And even logically, it might be like, but of course I want those things. But at the level of your nervous system, you don't. Mm -hmm. Because it's scary, right? So this is where the work that we are doing is so complete. And that's the word I use because I believe in everything. And I think our world needs more coaches, healers, light workers, conversations, conscious. I, I, we need more and more. We don't have nearly enough. And the thing that distinguishes us is the completeness of what we deliver, right? Because it, we cannot just talk about spirituality and energetics without having a foundational direct relationship with the nervous system, right? It's like this combo of, so if the, since the scientific truth is that we're spiritual energetic beings having a human experience, then our work teaches you and helps you embody the practical understanding of which lever to pull at what point. Is this in my humanness? Is this in my spirituality, right? And it makes everything exponentially more amazing. So spirituality is science because we are 99.9999999% energy that appear in this meat suit called Tracy, right? Called Jessica. Uh, and when we recognize that, we realize that we are actually derived from this point of singularity in time. So it's, some people call it the all of the all, the void, the point of singularity, where uh, the Big Bang occurred and the universe was born and the speed of light um, then happened, which is how we actually see things because we have light. And when we realize that, okay, wait a minute. So what she's saying is at the core, we're derived from the same thing that the sun and the moon and the stars and the atoms and everything is derived from that, that oneness, that pure consciousness, that pure love, that complete wholeness. Mm -hmm. And then we realize, okay, spirituality is science because there's something bigger than at play here. And we are part of that something bigger. Mm -hmm. And we actually are literally scientifically 99.99999% energy. 
and only 0.00001% matter. But the world and the culture and the society that we live in and the level of the masses collective consciousness only wants to acknowledge that 0.00001%. And we stay in lack and fear and separation, making it hard and pushing and pushing and pushing and burnout and triggers and activations. And it's like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. And I want, I want everyone to start to question. When you say that we're energy, I want to clarify this because i've heard something like this but i've heard that we're space well we are space because energy is just space like energy isn't um tangible it becomes right. tangible the slower the vibration right so if we look at it like really get into it mm -hmm. the slower the vibration the more matter it becomes mm -hmm. right so that's why if we put my hand under a microscope and just looked underneath you know the skin the fascia and, and and all of the parts of my bone and everything we drill it down what's inside of it is oh it's wave it's atoms which is energy which is space so it is all of the space inside of us and the space outside of us it's all particles and we're all connected to it it's just oscillating meaning vibrating at different speeds and the slower the speed the lower the vibration and that's why we can connect emotional states to frequency because the the lower the uh so if you're experiencing like a lot of um insecurity let's say that is a very low vibration mm -hmm. whereas when we're talking about things like you know high vibe and love and radiance and trust and creation and enlightenment those are much higher vibrations mm -hmm. Okay, I'm glad that we're getting into vibrations. Um, I would love to talk about consciousness. I know that you've spoken about 3D and 5D. So what's the difference between having a 3D consciousness and a 5D consciousness? This is so good. And I I teach this very specifically, like I'll break this down inside of mind magic and everything we do. So I'm going to try to give you like concise. So baseline Third dimensional is human. Fifth dimensional is spiritual energetics. And I like to use that two words interchangeably because by no means is spirituality religion when mm -hmm. I'm speaking about it. 3D is ego, 5D is soul, right? Uh, 3D is lack, 5D is abundance. 3D is the state of limitation, 5D is the state of creation. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, 3D, you have problems that you try to fix. 5D problems don't exist at all because, you know, in the fifth dimension of consciousness, everything's perspective. Yes. Right. 3D is judgment and uh, everything is everything outside of me is happening to me. And 5D is openness and everything is happening through me. Mm hmm. So those are just a little bit like if you would imagine like a side by side. Yeah. Some of the active descriptions and we go deep into this, even in the um, in the School of Becoming, which is this gorgeous. That's it's our new the lip factor has been around for six years. We just turned six in September and uh, I was called to build something different. So the lip factor is now becoming the parent company. We just birthed the School of Becoming 
and the School of Becoming is this revolutionary online institute of higher consciousness and intentional evolution for women. And I built something called the Ascension Spectrum so that you could visually see what I'm talking about. And it's free. And when you take the assessment, it shows you where on the spectrum you are and it explains matter and low vibe and like the emotions and the things you could recognize, which is really important. And it's one of the reasons why I love doing what I do because we make it practical and digestible. Like I'm just going to be like, it's this and it's this and it's this. So you can go, Oh my God, that's totally where I am. Okay, great. When, when, when we can take these seemingly like completely impossible to understand enigmatic complex topics and make them so digestible and understandable that you look at me and you're like, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. That's like our superpower. Um, so if this is interesting for you, I would say go create an account because you could take the assessment and then you'll literally see you are here and you will see the difference in how you can start to bridge the gap. Mm, okay. So it kind of helps you see how you see the world. Yeah. Yeah. And where you are in your own, you know, journey, we're all on our own journey, you know, of our own um, personal growth, healing and expansion and all those beautiful things. And I am very visual, like as a result of my upbringing and never believing I was smart enough, which is why I wrote Worthy Human, my first book and, you know, kind of going through all of that. I became a very visual learner. So if I don't see it, so I teach that way. So I can't see it. I, I'm, I'm like floating out somewhere and I can't understand it. So we create a lot of visuals. So you're like, oh, oh, I see. It's right there. I see it. I get it. Thank you. Done. I understand it all. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, is there a 4D? Yes, there is. So, I mean, the dimensions of consciousness go all the way to 12D. Um, but we focus and teach on three, three, four, and five. Okay. And in 4D is the bridge. So like right now, if let's say you weren't as aware of, um, you weren't as aware of consciousness, but now we're in this conversation, you're like, whoa, there's a, there's dimensions. There's a program that's running me that lives in the third dimension. You're now in 4D because you're recognizing, you're now the observer of the, as soon as you recognize there's a program, you're elevating your consciousness. Consciousness is just the state of your awareness. Okay. Right. So now I've become aware like, oh, whoa, oh, there's a program running me. Look at that. Okay. Now you've elevated that. So 4D is really the bridge. It's where you start to heal. It's where you start to question everything. It's where you start to like, maybe like do some magical things because you did some stuff inside of yourself and you gain a new result or like a synchronicity, but you question it. Cause you're like, but really did, was that, was that me? Was that my energy? Like you're in this beautiful bridge moment uh, to higher. Yeah. That's great. Okay. I've never heard it explained so that paints a really good picture um there was also okay one thing that i want to go a little bit deeper on between the 3d and the 5d you mentioned problems so 3d you have problems so you want to come up with solutions and whatever and then 5d you don't have problems it's your perception um and you don't perceive things as problems i am on board with this 1000 percent my question to you would be, what about when something happens, like you get a, you get a flat tire or your house is burning down and your dog is trapped inside? Like at what point is there anything that is a problem or how would you perceive something like that? I 
wouldn't perceive anything through the lens of problems because I don't. Because this is part of like real um, identity evolution and mastery is we live in a 3D world. I'm fully aware. We have a meat suit. We've got to move it through space and time. That's what's real. You're not creep. And this is another, I just want to say this, and I will fully go into what you're saying. This is another component of this. You also can't just like hang out up here in all these, you know, higher levels of, of consciousness and dimensions of consciousness and not come down and like be in your body and move shit forward. That is a big thing that I see in the world too, as people tap in, they're like, okay, so I'll this and I'll align and then I'll be there. <gasps> but then I don't move my ass. You gotta move your ass, right? Action is part of how the universe and the greater intelligence actually knows what's up and plays with you that way. So um, problems don't exist. There might be moments in time where we have to respond to things, right? Moments in time where something is painful, moments in time where you're experiencing a very human experience. And let's, let's talk about the burning house one because that's much more palpable and like what right and there's something bigger than us at play mm-hmm. so there is this there is a there is a sweet spot here that we all need to learn that i am proud to be teaching which is so then the human part of you in that moment when the house is burning down right obviously in the moment you're responding okay so let's not talk about it it's literally happening you've got to respond to it right but you still do it from a very regulated place because it's unhelpful to any crisis style situation to meet it with the crisis energy that it's presenting. Hmm. Okay. So then let's assume now it's done. Right. And in this particular story, the dog didn't get out. Hmm. Okay. There is a imperative balance of fully feeling all of the pain and the tragedy and the sadness and the what the fness and all of the things of a human experience like that and the key is to be so connected to your body and understand the depth of feeling your feelings that you can feel every feeling that's coming up as it's being asked to be felt in the moment and over the weeks and months and years to come without getting cognitive about it without becoming the emotions, really understanding that emotion is energy in motion and something is asking to be felt. So don't you dare get into, don't interfere with that. Be a being who feels their feelings freely and unapologetically until they're done. That's part one. Then that ability, because feeling your feelings is a natural regulator. As you're doing that, you're actually becoming more regulated, more grounded, which opens up your ability to recognize conscious choice to then go, wait a minute. And at the, at at what is truth is there's something bigger than me at play here. Mm. And I'm not going to fight against the truth that everything happens for the highest good, even in the moments when it feels like straight shit. Mm. And that's what it starts to mean to actually be someone that embodies the uh completeness of being a spiritual energetic being having a human experience you don't stay don't stay in your humanness people start to feel something and then they think about it they analyze it and then why and now they're cognitive about it and now you're tripling whatever you are carrying because now you're in judgment of the thing that happened it's such a shit show it doesn't have to be that way you can just be like whoa okay I hear what she's saying things happen my mother died at 24 i was holding her hand i watched her mm-hmm. i watched her 
do that thing that happens right before you die where you seem for a moment like you're coming back to life and there's a gasp that happens a breath gasp where it's like <gasps> i watch that i miss her all the time and when anything comes up just like i'm sitting here with you i just go great what do you need bot go feel it like i don't go oh my god i can't believe i lost her how tragic blah, 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 blah. no that's getting cognitive about something that is not cognitive emotion is for the body let it be for the body and then and feeling these feelings so readily and now it's 23 years that she's gone and i can feel that grief like it was two days ago and then from feeling the feeling i know like i know this was part of her soul's objective it's part of my soul's objective it is truly the tapestry of highest good and I trust that there is something so much bigger, so much smarter than me that is in support of the all. Full hmm. body chills. Thank you. There, I want to respect your time. So I'm trying to choose the topic I want to hear from the most and that would benefit the listeners. Um, probably this one, because a lot of people are stressed and anxious. And I know that you've talked about being addicted to stress and anxiety. So how can we start if someone's listening and they're feeling that way? How can they start to regulate their nervous system? Beautiful question. And I agree, a great one to choose. And we know each other now, so we'll have more conversations. Um, the first thing I want to explain is we refer to them and we teach this as emotional addictions because it's important to recognize that, you know, addictions, we use a definition by this beautiful doctor, Dr. Judson Brewer, and his definition of an addiction is continued use despite adverse consequence, right? So you're continuously stressed, feeling stressed, doing things in your behavior and your thought process to affirm the stress, right? Even though you don't want the stress. So when we recognize that and we think about it through the word addiction, it's like, oh, that helps us kind of like jack up our awareness a little bit to be like, okay, so I really am being asked to pay attention to this now and recognize that stress and anxiety is like the homeostasis for me. That's what feels familiar. That's what, whatever your emotional addiction is, is familiar throughout more than likely your entire life since like little girlness or little boyness up through now. And, uh, because that is the state of emotional familiarity. That is what your identity, right? Your beliefs, your thoughts, your words, how you behave, all of those things will continue to affirm that over and over and over and over and over again. And then you'll just think that's the way you are, right? So really being able to recognize like, okay, so anxiety is not who I am. I wasn't born with anxiety. I acquired it. It's an adaptive behavior, right? It's like, okay, anxiety is something your system learned because of your narcissistic parent or the chaos or, you know, insert any standard childhood experience. And what we get to do now is start to interrupt that stress, that anxiety, 
by coming back into our body, by starting to build an awareness of, wow, this moment is an awareness. Ooh, it's so interesting. It is an addiction. I can see how I use that issue in my life to affirm that emotional addiction. I can see, wow, and radical personal responsibility. I can see how I use that thing that my spouse does that is so meaningless as a way to give myself a hit on that stress that I have to do everything, right? So it's really, this is why it's like a journey, right? This is mastery. Um, And the best things we can do right away to love that beautiful nervous system is breathing differently and breathing on purpose. I mean, I, we can do drills and we do, I, we, there's a whole, whole ton of different things we do in somatics and nervous system, but truly, and I tattooed it on myself in the beginning of my journey, breathe. That was like the first tattoo that I got uh, when, I, when I started this journey of my own expansion um, because we don't breathe. Like we, have, if you pay attention to yourself for the rest of the day, whenever you get to listen to this gift of a conversation, you're going to be amazed that you're even still alive because you hold your breath for so long, so frequently, mm-hmm. and that keeps you dysregulated and your emotional addictions are emotions of dysregulation. You're not having the emotional addiction of love and, and detachment. No, that's, that's what we're going for. The emotional addictions that we hold are all dysregulation. Like if we were looking at the umbrella, they're all stress and anxiety and pressure and overwhelm and insecurity and worthlessness and, you know, all of those things. So when you start to breathe, you actually start to activate your regulation state, your parasympathetic state. And you can do that by breathing in for a count of two and out for a count of four. Like any pattern where you double the exhale is going to help you tremendously. Two in, four out, three in, six out, five in, ten out, right? In and out through your nose is the ticket, right? Um, Alternate nostril breathing is another phenomenal one where you breathe in. Like you plug one nostril, you breathe in through one. And then you plug the one you breathed in and you exhale the other one. So you're literally just toggling and you could Google alternate nostril breathing. There's beautiful examples everywhere, but that's where we begin because the simplicity of, I am now aware that the emotions that I am trying to not experience anymore, like stress and anxiety are literally how I have like raised myself unconsciously to affirm, confirm, and further embed these emotions at the level of my cells. Wow, that's interesting. And the simplest first thing I can do, because we need more awareness first, we need more space. I need you to keep becoming aware of yourself. We teach something called the NJO, which is your non-judgmental observer, and that's step one when you start mind magic, because this NJO loves you so much and you need to start noticing a lot more than you're currently noticing. So then when we start to breathe in the different ways I explained, you just start to like chill down a little bit, right? You just start to like drop in a little bit and you start to feel a little bit safer every time you're calm. So when you're feeling that stress come upon you, don't get cognitive. Oh my God, why is he? Stop it. Just stop it. Mm. And when you f- sense that come upon you, you simply go, wait a second, I am going to tap into my power. Let me make a new choice. 
and let me breathe. That's the beginning. I guarantee you everyone listening was breathing deeply through that whole thing, which is so beneficial. I know I was. Um, I have one more question for you. Before I ask it, where can people find you? Thank you. Um, on Instagram, we are at the lit factor. So it's lit with two T's. I always thank my dad. I did nothing for that kick-ass last name, but so go to at the lit factor on Instagram, and then please come to the school of becoming.com. That is where everything is. And the library is so abundant. It's the, the beginning of your journey is all free resources, read content, watch content, listen content. And when you take the Ascension assessment, which is also part of your free library account, you take, it's like an 11 question assessment. That's super fun. Cause if it's not light and fun, I don't want to do it. Um, and then you get your results and you see where you are on the Ascension spectrum that we talked about. And then I send you three curated pieces from the library that match what your result was. So then I'm going to send you like, read this one first, watch this one first, listen to this thing first before you go explore it all. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm definitely going to do that myself. Um, And all of that will be in the show notes, of course. And then my last question for you is what is your number one health tip? So whether it's mindset, diet and nutrition, physical, emotional, just the one piece of advice that you would like everyone to know. Feel, feel Mm. it is the, it is the most effective, fastest way to holistic health, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, financial, environmental, all of it. Feel, feel, feel some more. Amen. Thank you so much, Tracy. This has been a pleasure. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much. This has been an incredible conversation. I could talk to you for hours. Uh, and I'm just so grateful. And, and for all of you listening to us, thank you for your attention. That concludes this episode. If this resonated with you, please give it a rating and review. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. Links are in the show notes. I sincerely thank you for your time and your presence.